Greetings and thank you for joining us for another Mountain Matters bonus cast. Today we have the pleasure of sitting down with the Honorable Mayor Perry Melnick of the city of Big Bear Lake. We're going to get to know her a little better, ask some questions specifically regarding Big Bear and issues going on, and uh, and then we're going to end with some rapid fire questions to get to know her even better than that. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, uh, Mayor Melnick or Perry, Perry, please. Perry, thank you for sitting down with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So uh, for our listeners, we're going to get right into it. We just would love to hear a little bit about how you came to settle in Big Bear. Uh, sure. Um, I'm born and raised outside of Boston and spent my childhood in small towns in New England learning to ski. We had a ski house up in New Hampshire. Um, and uh, when I came to L.A., nothing felt like home. I just couldn't find my footing there. It just didn't feel homey. And when we were, gosh, it was probably 2014 when my daughter was five or six, we took her up to Snow Valley to take her skiing and discovered Big Bear Lake. And it was really the first place for me since moving to Southern California in 2000 that felt like home. It was that closest to New England that we could find. And we brought our daughter up skiing. She happened to see all of the developmental team kids at, at the mountain wearing their red jackets and said, who are they and how do I do that? And so we found out about the Snow Summit developmental team, um, signed her up for the next year. We came up, we stayed in the village at a hotel one night and went, wow, this is kind of expensive. <laughs> and went, wow, I wonder if we could get a place uh, for really how much it cost us for a weekend. Um, and we happened to find a place right over at Snow Summit uh, saw it listed and uh, put an offer in and said, you know, if we don't use it, we'll rent it. And lo and behold, um, we never rented it. We started coming up on weekends. Uh, every weekend she was skiing. And what we found is we started coming up earlier and earlier on a Friday and leaving later and later on a Sunday. And we were finding that the week we were living for getting up here. And so not only were we coming up every weekend so she could ski in the winter, we started coming up uh, every weekend in the summer, and it felt more like home here. I could tell you that um, my jaw would start to clench as we would do the, the drive down the mountain on a Sunday night, and the tension would come back. And on a Friday night when we would get up here and you could see every star in the sky, it was relaxing. And when, I still get that going down the hill. <laughs> it, it, it's true. And uh, you go from, you know, the blue sky of Big Bear Lake to um, a different color of sky when you go down the hill. Um, and when our daughter was 10, she actually said to us, I like our life in the mountains more. Uh, we're happier. Um, why don't we move up there full time? And she said, you know, if it doesn't work out, uh, we can always move back. <laughs> and my husband and I looked at each other and went, hmm. Not a bad idea. And so literally two weeks later, our house was on the market down in God, Sherman Oaks. <laughs> Sounds and, awesome. Uh, we moved up full time in 2019. She started uh, fifth grade at North Shore. And then unfortunately, COVID hit oh. that March. Um, but we were already up here and it was a real, it was a real blessing for our family uh, to be here during COVID. She got to really, it felt almost normal. She, you know, skied 106 days that year oh and Lord. got to spend time with her friends and you got to be outside. And I would talk to my friends back in L.A. who were 
on lockdown and their kids couldn't do anything. And I felt a little bit guilty because, you know, we were going for walks around the golf course and skiing and hiking and, and feeling normal. So I guess that's a long winded answer. No, no, not at all. And uh, you just have the one daughter. We just have the one daughter. She's 15 now. Okay. Very cool. And she's skiing in Jackson hole. She's skiing in Jackson hole right now. Um, yeah, she's a ski racer. We are all very jealous. (laughs) I'm a little bit jealous too. (laughs) So what brought you from all the way from Boston to LA to begin with? Um, life changes, I suppose. Uh, and I ended up just like the farthest you could get. (laughs) Absolutely. I ended up (laughs) transferring law schools. So I moved my second year of law school. I went to law school in the evening. So I worked seven to four and then would go to school six to 10, four days a week. Um, and once I transferred law schools and came out here, uh, and then took the bar exam, there was no way I was ever going to sit for another bar exam ever again. It's been, I think, 20 years, and I still have PTSD from Well, if you three take it in California, isn't that like one of the worst in the nation? It is. The hardest? It, it was. It, it still is. It used to be a three-day exam when I took oh. it. They've actually um, whittled it down to two days um, from from when I took it with the hope of increasing the passing rates. And you passed it the first time? I, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know was, several uh, people whose names I will not mention that, man, they've gone back and back. I am. Um, I took it with friends who were taking it for the second, third, fourth man. time. It has nothing to do with how good of a lawyer you are or how capable Which, you are. That's the worst part. It is. Uh, they how said, be, be a lemming. It, it was, or they actually said in, in the test prep, be a sheep which is do exactly what we tell you because it's counterintuitive to everything you want to do. It's the only pass-fail test I've ever taken where I literally walked out having no idea if I passed or failed. And then the the joy is they let you find out the Friday before Thanksgiving. So you either have a really great Thanksgiving or a- Or you're eating a lot of mashed potatoes. Exactly. Going, oh, no, I have to do this again. Wow. I prefer Ted Lasso be a goldfish. we are um we are a Ted Lasso fan. Oh man, I can't get enough of that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, good for and you for passing the first time. Thank you. And what's amazing about Ted Lasso, I realize we're diverting. No, um, by all means, is anything it Ted every Lasso. T- every time you watch it, you I get something, something different. Yeah, I mean, me and my wife tried to write down all his Tedisms. You it's, know, yes. like I beg to differ, Claudia Schiffer, and all those <laughs> fun ones. It's but. every episode. Every time we watch it again, I'm so unhappy that it's over. I know but. it's um. Yeah, my daughter, when she's having a bad day, that's what she does. She she watches episodes of Ted Lasso. It's the same thing when I'm having a bad day. You go home and you watch Ted Lasso, and you can't help but sort of feel a little he bit. He cheers everyone up. Exactly. Cr- crazy. Uh, so you already got into this a little bit, but our second question revolves around your background. Um, basically, how you got into law to begin with, what drove your passion for law. And then uh, this might be a longer answer than the first one, because of what not only drove your passion for law, but then also your passion for not only advocacy, but then taking the plunge into public leadership and board membership and then elect, elected <laughs> leadership and where what brought you to be who you are today as mayor, our mayor. Um, there's a lot there. Um, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I joke and say I became a lawyer because I was in an office with a door and I was an insurance underwriter who worked in a cubicle and there was, I didn't see a path to being in an office with a door. Um, no, I, I went into law um, because it, I felt like it gave me the most options in what you wanted to do. Um, there's a million things you can be as a lawyer or not be a lawyer. Um, I, I loved the study of law. I, I mean, I think you had to, to go to school at night um, while working full time. 
And you were working full-time in insurance at that point? I was working as a health and welfare benefit consultant. Oh, my Lord. So, wow. Um, yeah, and I would. <laughs> that was in Century City, and then I would drive all the way across town to downtown L.A. to go to school. At um, what, what, Western? Or? Uh, it was at Loyola. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and so I went into law because I felt like it opened up a lot of different options. I was really interested in public policy. I think there's always been a desire to give back. I imagined that I would do it on the other side, sort of on the policy side, as opposed to in elected office um, side of things. My favorite thing when I was in law school was I got to be a certified law clerk and work in the DA's office. And I worked in juvenile court um, for a semester. So I got to do bench trials in juvenile court. And they said that Juvenile court was sort of the death knell if you ever wanted to go to the DA's office. There was no room for advancement. Um, I loved it because you could see the impact that it had on these kids, that um, they weren't so far, some of them were not so far along in the system that they couldn't be redeemed. And I happened to be in one judge's chambers for the entire semester. And you could see when he would praise these kids when they would come in for their progress reports, they would stand up a little bit straighter. Um, and you could see the impact it had. So for me, being a lawyer had this opportunity and this possibility of, I, I say it, you can um, wear your cape for good. There's so much you can, you know, there, lawyers get lots of bad raps. And yeah, I was going to say a lot of, but there, it, the there, butt of a lot of jokes. But. Easy to make jokes uh, about lawyers. For me, um, it was the possibility to do good. It's just sort of the way I live my life. Um I did not end up in the DA's office. I had student loans that I had to yeah. pay back, so I ended up at a law firm. Um, and I work in healthcare. I work. I represent healthcare providers and help them in their corporate and regulatory needs, so they can focus on what they need to do, which is taking care of patients. And now, I mean, the way I describe what I do is it's complicated enough to be interesting because healthcare is such a regulated field and it's not going to be dictated by the economy. It's never going to go away, sort of like real estate law, um, yeah. which is dictated by the economy. And, you know, some of the exciting things I do now is working with a lot of tech and healthcare startups who are trying to find new and innovative ways to to give care to patients, to keep people healthier. I have one client and they're trying to help people age in their homes by doing home assessments so they don't have to go into assisted living so they can be safe and not have fall risks. I've got another one that's working with algorithms to try to find cancer treatments for patients who have um, really some of the most serious cancers. Oh, sorry, I didn't need to hit the mic. Oh, um, so it's kind of exciting stuff, and I get to be along for the ride, and my goal is to help them do it in a legal and compliant way. Cool. That's, <laughs> that is a lot. But what, <laughs> And, uh, you know, when I was a young journalist, uh, one of my first beats was the Victorville courts. And when I, when I got to know the DAs and public defenders and to see how hard they had to work for the people that didn't have anyone fighting for them mm -hmm. and the – Stacks of files. Like, I've never had more respect for lawyers after that. I'll still tell a good lawyer joke. So you're specifically healthcare hall? I would say 95% of it is um, working with clients in the healthcare space. Very cool. Okay, and so talk to me about how that... And if law has nothing to do with it, that's fine. But how did you transition? Um, and we talked a little bit off air about this. Some of us are a little more gullible for doing the right thing and 
creating impact, but you know, and I was going to, one of the questions is give us kind of a quick bibliography of the boards and the service, you know, community service organizations that you've served on. And then maybe a little bit of how that transitioned into you, you know, taking, it's a kind of a different level, you know, I've served on rotary boards and committees and stuff like that, where you can affect change, but city council and even the hospital board, you know, you're raising the bar a little bit and now you're a little bit more in the public sphere, I would say. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think giving back is something that I've always done. I was a VISTA volunteer between high school and going back to college. So I was a volunteer in service to America. I worked with teenage um, single moms, who uh, teenage moms. Um, so giving back and volunteering was always important to me as when I was in law firms, I did pro bono adoptions out of the foster care system. I helped a Marine veteran get her benefits that she had been denied. I was the liaison for my law firm for the inner city law center. So giving back to the community, I helped she was a, a caretaker for her husband and would get Medicaid reimbursement for that. And Medicaid came back and said, Oh no. And wanted them to pay back tens of thousands of dollars that they just didn't have. And I was able to win that case for them. They didn't have to pay it back. And I remember getting an email from her thanking me that um, they found out that they didn't have to repay the amounts. And her husband died a few days later. But she was so thankful that it had been taken care of before he passed away and she was able to take care of him. Absent that, uh, I was on the Snow Summit Race Team board when I, before we even moved up full time. Um, and then, yes, right after uh, we moved up full time, I happened to see that there was an opening on the hospital board, um, that there was a vacancy. And I went, maybe it's Kismet, maybe it's sort of the perfect timing. I'm a healthcare lawyer, and there happens to be this opening on the hospital board. Let me put my hat in the ring. I feel like I have something of value to add and to give back, um, and happened to get appointed to the board. and loved serving on the hospital board. It, it's it's important stuff. I mean, it, it impacts the people in our community. And then I guess it was about two, two and a half years ago this summer when Mayor Coretto stepped down and there was the opening on, on city council. And I knew that things were a bit challenging. There was a lot of, um, there were some challenges going on and I felt like maybe I could be a right voice of balance and, and reason I think one of the things is uh, I serve because I think I have something of value to add. I don't do it for myself. I, I do it, and, and if at some point I'm not the right person, or I, I don't want to serve just for the sake of serving. I, I it's it's important to me. I I do the best that I can. I listen to everybody in the community. <laughs> it reminds me of an old Friends episode with Phoebe, where. I think Joey was, I can't believe I'm like quoting old friends episodes. Was, no, it's okay. My <laughs> wife will appreciate it. Like you um, that everything she did made her feel good. So it wasn't altruistic because she was getting something which was feeling good about herself every time she did something nice for somebody else. So there's always something you get for being kind and trying to do the right thing. But it's, I don't serve for my ego is, is I think the way I put it. I think that comes through too. You can really tell when someone's up there for the right reasons. Cause there's just not a lot of it's posturing, a, I guess. It, it's a really different experience to watch a meeting than 
to sit on the other side. And I don't ever want to feel that. So why don't you tell <laughs> us about it? <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, I remember my first meeting after being. It is intimidating, and my first meeting happened to be grocery outlet oh. and the short-term rental ordinance. <laughs> and I had, in order to get up to speed, I had to go back and watch three or more meetings, as well as binders at that time that must have been seven inches thick. And I had a week to do it to prepare because it's, you got to be prepared. It's community if you're not. And so that first meeting is, it's hard trying to find your voice and to look out and see all these people staring back at you. And I went into it knowing that for the most part, on any given day, 50% of the community is likely going to agree or disagree with me and who those 50% are, are going to rotate on a daily basis, depending on what the issue is. What I've always wanted people to understand is, even if they don't agree with me, to at least understand how I got and why I made the choice or the decision that I did. Um, it, it's a hard job because we don't have a magic wand. I can't grant everybody's wish. And I can't sit in front of everybody and promise them that I can vote the way they want me to. I want them to understand and I want to listen to them. But I have to govern for the entire community and not just the people who are loudest in front of me. And it's not easy. It's um, we all want to be liked, you know, but for me, it's always been about doing the right thing or what I believe is the right thing and taking in all of the information from the emails to the conversations that, and I think one of the things that I hope people understand is that I'm always open and want to sit down and have conversations with people. And I want to understand where you're coming from. And I want you to understand where I'm coming from. And hopefully we can find the little nuggets where we agree. I mean, that's the whole goal is maybe it was growing up with Massachusetts politics and Tip O'Neill and the way politics used to be, which is, um, which is we were all working for the same goal. We may not always agree on how to get there, but it's about trying to find compromise where um, not everybody's going to win, but not everybody feels like they've, they've lost. It's so you made a perfect sweat segue getting into big bear uh, politics and leadership. Let's talk a little bit about what you see in 2024. We can start with the negative or the positive because there's two questions in here, which is what are you excited about? Projects, events, anything along those lines that that you think folks should be excited about? And then we'll go to the challenges as well. Sure. I think for me, one of the things that I have been really focused on, especially looking at the last number of years and the division and the tension that we've had in the community is trying to lower the temperature a little bit trying to find ways to bring people back together. And I I know it sounds a little bit trite, but sort of trying to heal the community. Um, We went through the Alan Lee era and the recall and Measure O, and we were really divided and divisive. And my hope is, my goal when I became mayor was to really try to change the tone and tenor of how we communicate with each other. And so that's one of the things that I am committed to and excited about. I'm really excited to be working with Mayor Pro Tem uh, Segovia and having two women in leadership for the first time in the city's history is really exciting for me. And to try to take a different tone intact, it's 
it's who I am. It's just, I, I can't be anything but who I am. Um, from a project's perspective, we've got the Castle Rock Trail project parking lot, which I think is really exciting and vital for the community. I think, you know, that, that Castle Rock area is a gateway into our city. Uh, there are safety and traffic concerns. Oh, man. Um, I can't tell you how many times we've come around those corners yelling at people, but I mean, from inside our cars, uh, not so they can hear. <laughs> but, you know, it's not their fault. There's just, I mean, it's a blind curves, winding trails in the valley. It, so it's it's a busy trail. It yeah. is so much of what Big Bear is about. And I'm excited. I think it's a really important project for the community. Um, I think continuing with the visioning for the 19 acre lot. Uh, 19 acre parcel. I'm really excited about. We've gotten a ton of feedback. Is that the bear leisure bear? That's yes. Leisure that bear is, is is part yeah, of the okay. 19 acres. And so, what that can be for our community. And and my focus is really. I understand that we are a tourism community. We rely on tourism, but I also want to find more things that bring in the citizens and ways to bring the people who live here together as well. I think. This year, we launched the summer concert series in the village, and I think those were hugely successful for getting more of our of our community together. And so we're going to do more of those um, types of events going in into I had brought up is a West End Redevelopment Committee. Yes. Uh, so in, at the November meeting, I got approval because of our our rules of order. I can't ask city staff to do a whole lot of work for me without getting the approval of the other council members. So at the November meeting, I got the approval to work with city staff. So we're going to put out a mailer because I really want people in the West End to be involved. Um, with our prior city manager, Frank Rushy, and I had started having conversations about bike paths and some trails from this end of town that would connect into the village. And one of the things that we had begun to explore is going through forest service land. I mean, the West End has some unique challenges, which is yeah. um, we have some extreme traffic issues that we deal with, especially on busy days that impact safety. We don't have sidewalks that go all the way down to our community. We don't have bike trails. So my hope is that we can connect the West End to the village or even to the 19 acres. So it would be... Uh, so we, we're not so isolated on this end. Um, so my goal is to be soliciting um, community members to help serve on that West End Redevelopment Committee. And that's business owners, it's citizens, it's full-time citizens, it's part-time. I want people's impact. Specifically on the West Side? I, I think on the West Side. Yeah. I mean, if there are other people. Whether it's their business or residence or, th yeah. That's exactly right. I think um, – we have some different and unique challenges on the West end of town that I would love people who live here. You know, I, I walk the neighborhood twice a day. I have a dog. He likes to go for walks and I talk to people all the time, but I think getting a committee together to really come up with some concrete thoughts and ideas is, is will be really valuable. That's Charlie, by the way. I don't know. I don't know if he'll be picked up on the mics. I can hear him. I'm but, sorry. Uh, he's eating a bone. Oh, no, no. It's fine. He's beautiful. Lab mix? Or? Uh, he's a uh, full yellow lab. Full yellow lab. Okay, very cool. He's just a skinny, not food-motivated yellow the, I lab. I grew up with the chubby ones, but they uh, were so also purebred. <laughs> uh, you know, we have a bunch of infrastructure projects going on, whether that's the fun stuff like sewers and uh, street maintenance that we are 
are doing, you know, those are the sort of the bread and butter, the the meat and potatoes of yeah, of sort course. of city I mean, that's what, government, yeah. making sure that we are being fiscally responsible and um, and building up our reserves. But I, I think I'm positive going into the new year. I'm, you know, I think we we passed a short-term rental ordinance that I think was a good balance of hearing the different needs in the community um, and the different concerns in the community. And the hope is that we can sort of put that one to bed and move forward in, in a positive direction. One of the things I was going to say on the West End development is I think, if I'm not mistaken, part of the visioning, one of the things that kept coming up is the safety of bike riders, Mm -hmm. like cycling. And so I love to hear that the bike paths are part of the, hopeful eventual plan and development. So it's interesting in in having some conversations at the city about it, there had been, and we're looking to uh, um, an idea of doing a path all the way around the lake. That would be so, I mean, that's a long way out, but that would be super cool. It is. I I mean, I think that's one of the other things and I appreciate people get frustrated at the pace of government. Um, I get frustrated at the pace of government sometimes, but things take time. There's, planning and funding issues. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about the Castle Rock project is that there was a grant that we got in 2017 that's paying for a big portion of that project. So it's trying to be forward thinking um, in our projects. I think one of the other things just to touch on is um, improving communication from the city is a really important one for me. Um, We've heard that a lot, that people feel like – they don't. They're not getting the information. So we ha- we do have a new communications director that started a couple weeks ago. Um, the other thing is for me that's important is um, we want people's input and feedback on projects. So I've, I'm asking that it become an agenda item on at different of our meetings so people can hear about the different capital projects that are going on. Uh, also to have ded- dedicated web space where people can go and specifically find what the different projects are. Cause we want, obviously, of course we want people to have impact and, and, and to, to have input in these projects that impact their community. You know, this isn't about me dictating down to people or the council dictating down. We want the community to be involved. That's why we've done the community visioning. That's why we seek input from people. We desperately want to hear what the community wants. Yeah. I mean, uh, I couldn't agree more, but I am also, I've been on the <laughs> government side of communications and community outreach for most of my career. So, uh, but it, I think it's a, an important point that you make regarding, you know, most of the people that work in government are also part of this community or live in communities that they also want these things to happen. Everything is very regulated. Uh, it takes a lot of what others would call red tape, but it's just going through the process to get those things done. It's not a private development. We can't just sign a check. That's right. I can't just change the ordinances because somebody comes and talks to me about they don't like one of the rules. It's just, I'm one of five votes and I can work to build consensus on things, but I'm, I'm only one of five voices. And And I think it's a good point. We all do. We, this is our community. We, we as council members, as hospital board members, we live here. This is our community. We all love it. We, we live in it. It, Believe me, if I could do it last week, I would. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So let's get to the best part, which is the challenges. Um, what, what do you see challenging the community and you can go anywhere you want with this? Obviously when you talk about your philosophy in government and being a better communicator, you've already had one 
challenge to that, <laughs> um, if you want to touch on the recall. Yes. I, I mean, a week after I was installed as mayor, I was served with recall papers and was told that it's nothing personal, which is really hard because the truth of the matter, it, it is personal. I um, When people are questioning your integrity or your character, I take that immensely personally. I you know, so much of why I serve is to be a role model for my 15-year-old daughter. She's the one that says, Mom, you can do this, and what you do is important, and it matters. So when people say things about me, I'm human, and it is hurtful, and it, but you stand back up and you do what you have to, to do. My job is still to be a city council member. The recall, the, the current recall failed. Um, it's a complicated process. They didn't follow uh, the regulations. I don't know what their next step is going to be. I have reached out to them and offered to sit down and have a conversation with them. My, my goal has always been to listen and help move the community forward. And I want to hear their voices and I want them to understand what my positions are. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of, uh, with some of these people of what my position, my positions are. Um, and so I welcome the opportunity to sit down with them. You know, I believe they love our community. I believe I love our community. And I think that there are things that we can do together to move the community forward. So yeah, I I think um, being served with a recall a week after you've been installed as mayor is a challenge, but I think it goes to one of my top priorities, which is that lowering the temperature in the community and how do we talk to each other and how do we problem solve and how do we interact with each other? I don't think what we're dealing with with that in Big Bear Lake is unique. I think it is. We are seeing it nationally. We are seeing it uh, when I went to, it's unfortunately the way people communicate now. And my goal is to not get sucked into that. I'm going to continue to lead the way I do. I'm going to continue to try to be balanced and fair in everything that I do. It's what I said earlier, which is governing isn't easy. Uh, We're not wish granters. We don't have magic wands to make everything better for everybody the way they want us to make it better. But we're always, at least I am, and I think my other council members as well, always want to listen and dialogue and hear where the community is coming from. Has anyone taken you up yet on being able to sit down and, and kind of just they have not. talk it out? Okay. Uh, but it, I welcome it. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> I appreciate that. And I'm sure many residents appreciate that. Any other challenges in general? The STR is a big one that you guys just put behind you um, in terms of the ordinance, at least passing it. I mean, you know. I mean, I think there's little things um, that we are doing to try to improve. One of the things that we've heard a lot about is a frustration with garbage cans. Um, so I, and I appreciate it. I look, I walk my neighborhood and I see them and share that frustration. We've had conversations at the city and the city has had conversations with big bear disposal that we are going to be doing some, um, monitoring and education. And so they will be, um, going around the the city. And if they see garbage cans that are left out, they may bring them to the side of the home. um, But we'll leave a door hanger that will educate people on the fact that you can't leave your garbage cans out. 
So we are hearing those. It is a challenge, um, <laughs> uh, especially when you have so much of our population that doesn't live here full time is getting your putting your garbage cans out. Maybe one thing bringing them back in is uh, another challenge. Any, any other challenges you want to cover? I mean, I, the whole, the, all of city government is a challenge, so I'm not trying to put you on the spot. It's not it's not all sunshine and roses and summer concerts. I mean, the reason we elect folks is to literally tackle challenges that we're all facing. So, No, I mean, I, I think there are infrastructure things that we are working on to improve, like the roads and sewer systems, as I said. Man, I'll tell you, there's some of those highways, which is Caltrans, that – that still didn't get super fixed. No, they didn't. The and, and I know we've we've started a dialogue about what it would take for the city to take over Big Bear Boulevard. Oh, yeah. It okay. is a much Arduous. it's a much longer and much more complicated process, which has to start with legislation out of Sacramento before you can even begin because they're a state the, agency, right? right? And, and then to even just begin the process, and it's more than. How much would it cost to pave and plow? It is you then own a you know a four lane thoroughfare that has traffic accidents, and what does that do to your insurance rates? And what happens if somebody hits a light pole? I was going to say telephone poles, earthquakes, everything's on you now. That's like, exactly right. Yeah. So it's you know we're always open to exploring different options that people bring forward and going. Hey, does that make sense for our community? Um, I think it goes back to there's not always an easy answer for things. I couldn't agree more. Well said. Okay. One last question before we get to the fun questions, which is um, what do you see for yourself in the future um, for leadership roles? I know some of our council members um, have had grander aspirations. We have a Congressman right now that started actually, I I think he started at something prior to council Jay Obernolte, but anyways, he was a council member for many years. Um, Rick's come very close to being in the California assembly. And I think it's great to have representation from big bear great in a, in a body greater than big bear. So I'm just curious if you have any future plans, if you, if big bears, your home forever, if you have a retirement bucket, anything, just talk to us about the future Perry Melnick. Um, it's an excellent question. I I think, uh, (laughs) uh, I will tell you, I will, I appreciate the importance of having representation from Big Bear Lake. That will not be me. Uh, I have no aspirations <laughs> beyond uh, serving where where I can. Um, and whether it's on city council or continuing my work with Seroptimist and giving back to my community, I do that whether I'm serving in government or not. Just being a part of my community and giving back is important to me. Um, I wish I had a plan for what the future looked like, um, you know, Big Bear Lake is home. I, we love it. This is uh, where we we are. Um, and I will, yeah, no no politics beyond Big Bear Lake at this point. I don't know. Having a lawyer with a good heart in Congress <laughs> seems like a win for America. But if, it was, <laughs> yeah, if it was the way it used to be, um, where people were really trying to solve problems and make things better for the community— Maybe I'm just a little jaded right now. I think a lot of us are. (laughs) I was like, man, I can take... The next one is just rapid fire questions. Six 
Six questions that I gladly plagiarized from Brene Brown. I can't think of anything else right now. Okay, no problem. Great. Then we're going to get to- Unless there's something I missed and you can think of it for me. I wish (laughs) I had that kind of forethought, but um, you're way smarter than I am, so I wouldn't be in that position. Okay, so rapid fire questions. These are intended for you to not really think about, just answer. Um, They're fun personality questions kind of deal. So we'll get right into it. What is currently on your nightstand? I can't tell you that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, um, my Kindle for reading. Is there something? Is there a book you're reading? Yes, but if I the problem with a Kindle is that you never actually see the title of what you're reading, <laughs> and so I never actually remember what it is. I usually have two or three books ready to go. I like to have my next book ready. I'm part of a book club, so I always do my book club book and then uh, some other. I heard a bookstore book. just opened up here. There is. It's. Yeah. Um, it's actually right on Big Bear Boulevard, uh, our end of town in the West End. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. I also the pho place is in the West End too, right? Isn't the pho place pho, is pho, pho. Yeah, no, you're right. There it's is. Pho. My wife will get me on that one. Um, at the resort uh, across from Azteca. And yeah, isn't that West End still? Technically, that is the West End. Okay, and then there also seems to be a new pizza place down on the West End that we're planning to try. Karma Pizza. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, we saw okay. the signs. Yeah, great. Okay. More calories that I need to clearly not have in me. All right. If you could be one animal, what would it be and why? Why would I want to be an animal? I could be a Jamie Tart answer there. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yes. Why would I want to be anybody I, but me? I I'm got so- the Ted Lasso <laughs> reference immediately. I literally just posted that to my feed like two days ago, that exact scene. That was the best answer yet. Okay. So panda or lion? Yeah, yeah. right. I, and in that case, I would definitely be panda for sure. Um, what is something that people often get wrong about you? I think people um, often think that I'm not as open as I am. Uh, that I'm a little bit, uh, have a tougher exterior. Like guarded. Yes. I could see that. What is the last show you binged and loved? Well, I can always binge Ted Lasso. <laughs> Um, we watched the white Lotus. Ooh, I heard a season three is coming. It's season three is coming. And we just started watching the bear, which, Oh, I've heard amazing things, which is fabulous, but most definitely not a comedy. Okay. (laughs) So they all won in the comedy categories at the Emmys. Don't quite understand that, but it's really good. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll have to make a note of that because I've heard the bear on be mentioned by several others. So it's on our list. Really good. Just not a comedy. <laughs> What's your favorite meal? Eggplant Parmesan. Very good choice. And that my husband actually makes. He is now and he doesn't eat eggplant. I was just going to say makes... it's, we should give a shout out to Jeff uh, <laughs> for, you know, supporting your efforts here and letting will... you do this. And you guys have been married for how long? 17 years. 17 last years. Week. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, yes, I am. I mean, the truth of the matter is uh, I am blessed to have a husband who is supportive of every venture that I want to try um, and is really my biggest cheerleader and my biggest champion. And um, Handsome to beat. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> handsome. Um, I, I, I am blessed to be loved and supported. Okay, last question. Finish in this. Now you can't use Jeff as the answer. Uh, finish the sentence. The way to my heart is. I think it, I think kindness and decency um, are really uh, genuineness. Genuineness. Great word. Um, yeah, I think that would be it. Awesome. 
I would like to thank Mayor Perry Melnick for being our guest on the second bonus cast of 2024. Um, you've been a great sport. I appreciate you, you sitting down and uh, letting our residents get to know you better. Those that don't already know you and those that want to see her in action. Second Wednesday. Uh Third Second Wednesday. Second Wednesday, uh, 5 o'clock, Hoford Hall. She'll be leading our city into the new year. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you.